If you're feeling more like roommates than soulmates, it's time for the Legendary Marriage Podcast. This is episode 61 of the Legendary Marriage Podcast, and we are your hosts, Danielle and Justin Williams. Yeah, each week we're bringing you inspiration and a challenge to build more intimacy and connection in your marriage. And we have a whole lot of fun along the way. Yeah, so it's still January. It's still January. Oh my gosh. Is it Groundhog Day yet? No. How's your resolution going? It's going great. How's yours going? Not bad. All right. So this whole month, we're focused on bringing health to our family. And this week, we're talking with Allie Winkleman, nutrition coach and founder of Endurance Wellness Coaching. We'll be covering how meal planning can be a game changer, boredom can sabotage your health journey, and healthy eating can have a domino effect that can change all the other areas of our life. Yeah. So in this show, she does talk about how she and her husband have like drastically different eating eating habits and styles and yeah um how do you think our eating habits differ (laughs) um i go for sugar you go for macaroni and cheese Mm, or chips and queso yeah like much anything in cheese and anything that is a pasta yes yours is anything in sugar or chocolate or on the bad habit side, on the good habit side, yeah, I I lean to simple stuff like just just give me plain vegetables. I'll sprinkle a little soy sauce on it or something. I'm good. What about you on the healthy side? Yeah, I feel like I just I'm a big recipe follower, so it's like I don't like to just randomly think of things that are healthy. I don't do well in that space. Like I don't trust myself to like put together a healthy meal on my own. <laughs> When she talks about meal planning, I'm like, that's totally me. I have to have to do that. Otherwise, left to my own devices, you're right. Mac and cheese. Yeah. That's just what I do. And so um, she also talks about family history. Do you you have any concerns about family health history? uh, I do. I turned 42 this year, and uh, I've been thinking about that a little bit. Like uh, the last time I talked to my mom, I was like, hey, I kind of need to get a a uh, little bit of history, medical history stuff on dad's side and yours and everything. Cause I know when I go in for my exam, this, you know, my physical this year, they're going to start asking me about all kinds mm-hmm. of, you know, what, what things are happening in your family and you know, what, what places can we explore and test? I know. I mean, I'm kind of scared about that because your dad did have Alzheimer's. And so that's yeah. just something that is very much on the radar for me. I'm just, I pray that that's not something that. What are we talking that, about? That is not funny. It's funny if I make the joke. If you make the joke, it's not funny. Oh my gosh. Your dad's rolling in his grave right now. I, I don't think so. You don't think so? He was cremated. <laughs> my gosh, please let's move on here. Um, so today on the show, we have Allie Winkleman, nutrition coach and founder of Endurance Wellness Coaching. So she works with people wanting to achieve lifelong health and helping them formulate the plan to achieve their goals. Allie's going to be sharing the importance of setting the stage to have lifelong health in order to serve yourself and your family as you age. So Allie, it's great to have you on the show. 
All right. We are so happy to have on the show today, Allie Winkleman, and she is a nutritional coach. Um, she actually has her own coaching business with another Allie, so funny, um, called Endurance Wellness Coaching, where she really focuses on getting the right food for what's going to fuel your life. We are just so happy to have you on the show today, Allie. Welcome. Thank you. I really appreciate you having me. So I'm just curious, like this is so far off of my radar. What made made you decide to become a nutritional coach? Like was were you always like healthy as a kid or like how did that come about? I actually was. It's honestly it's my fault that my family's healthy right now. Um it's entirely I was a very nerdy little eight year old who really liked and wanted to know what vitamins did. And I loved it. I love that I had this vitamin book and thought it was just the greatest thing. I wanted to make sure I got all my vitamins and did them in the right um, portions and saw what foods had what in it. It was, it was terrible. I must've been just. Oh my goodness. How did that even happen across your path? How did you get just like a vitamin book? I honestly have never even heard of a kid that has ever done that. I think I would have to go back and find it because I'm sure I still have it somewhere, but I think it was a college textbook that had um just I think it was a nutrition textbook that I had come across or somebody had left somewhere and I ended up with it and I loved it I thought it was just the greatest thing and so when you got to so when you went to school you went to college was nutrition part of your education it was so originally I went I was going to go for nutrition for my bachelor's and everybody I talked to said don't do that that's a horrible idea. Um, you're going to kind of end up boxed in with all the other um, dietitians who got their bachelor's in nutrition, get it in something else. So I ended up going to get um, my bachelor's in kinesiology instead. So nutrition is part of it, but not a huge part of it. I love it. I love it. So you said you're the reason that your family is healthy. So you're married yeah. and do you, ha- you have kids? I have one seven month old. And now is your family just like super healthy? Are you guys like kale, kale people? So I hate that question. Uh, (laughs) Strike that from the record. I don't know how I married my husband because in complete and total honesty, when we started dating and before we lived together, he lived for probably two months off of protein shakes and McDonald's. Well, that's quite the mix. So he would go work out and then do a protein shake and a Big Mac. Is that about the gist of it? Uh I think at one point I counted his calories and he was at 6,000 one day. And I said, we're not doing this. Oh my. Wow. Like I I want to be a body. Wait, wait, wait. Is he a bodybuilder? No, he's a scrawny little guy. (laughs) I want to be really judgmental and be like (laughs) McDonald's. And you Um, think you're going to undo that with a smoothie? Um, let's but, not but get too on, judgmental on, because on. Yeah. let me, let me own it. I've done that. <laughs> and I've, done I, it. I've done it. I've had that mindset. Okay. I'm going to make up for it. I'm going to own the fact that I have an arch card in my purse. <laughs> that's a I Mc- feel betrayed. For those of you that don't know, that's a McDonald's gift card. So and I am decidedly anti McDonald's. Mm. I'm, I'm very interested that I did not know that an arch card is a McDonald's gift card. <laughs> <laughs> well, why would she's you? She's got Dana's on the inside. She's got all the inside lingo. She's. Mm, I may have the app on my phone too. But anyway, are you so having let's... an affair with Ronald McDonald? <laughs> this is going taking a creepy turn. Let's stop here. 
So your husband... If you have a clown thing, we'll talk about that next month on the show. Oh, please. Okay, so your husband is not um, as into the health thing as you are. He is not. He, he likes to work out, but the food was not his thing. Yeah. So I'm just wondering, so the way we know you is Justin worked with you probably a couple years ago, two and a half years ago. And you had him in the best shape of his life, honestly. And now look what's happened. I'm sorry. You, well, you're the one that jumped off the train, off the, what is it? Train or something. Not Allie. She was, she was yeah. still there. You're the one that jumped. The wagon, I think. Wagon. Yeah, Thank you. Were you were talking about the wagon. wagon. <laughs> I didn't jump off the wagon. I didn't fall off it. I just kind of like tumbled, did the Indiana Jones holding on to the front of it as it kept going. And then the bars bend. And then like you're dragging behind it on the whip, like getting rocks in your face and everything. So I want, I want Allie to tell a little bit. I have no bit. idea what that metaphor was. I know. No, nobody does. I have no idea. And so Allie, I want you to tell me a little bit about what you do in your nutritional coaching. Cause, yeah. cause you have endurance wellness coaching and mm-hmm. you are, that's your business. And I want to, I want you to share with our audience a little bit about what is what does a nutritional coach do? Like, what do you do for peeps? It it really depends on the person, and that's that's extremely big. So, a lot of my clients come to me with um, they want to get in shape and they want to do all this in the next four weeks, and I have to stop them and say, "Wait, that's not how this works." Um, so, we end up sticking together for quite a while to go through meal plans and really anything that you're not very good at. Um, for example, I have one client who just has the absolute worst time. I can give her all the guidelines in the world and her life is so busy. She just cannot meal plan. So at this point, she's been with me for a very long, probably four years now. At this point, all we do once a month is sit down and we meal plan and make up her entire month. Um, but when somebody first comes and sees me, we go through their diet, their emotional state, their exercise plan, their family history of eating everything that we could go through to see what's actually the issue here. Cause it's very rarely just a nutritional issue. It's normally yeah. a little bit of everything. So yeah, I, I feel like the meal plan thing is so crucial. I say to Justin all the time, like I like to cook, I like to eat, but I just don't like to plan it. So I just, I would tell Justin, I'm like, just pick out like which, which five is- recipes and I will go to the store, get the stuff, make the food, get it prepared, whatever. I just don't want to plan it. I just don't want so to do it. So as a side note, that's totally, totally connected to the fact that Danielle is on the Myers-Briggs, a hard P. She is not a planner. She is, she is like... She would literally eat the table <laughs> before she would put in. Hey, that's a, good fiber. I know. I Thank you. Thank you. So, so for somebody who has like that, oh, I just don't want to do the meal plan thing. Do you put them on like an app or like, how do you go about planning meals for somebody? It, it kind of depends on the person. Again, some people are really, really, um, they'd like to do their apps and they like to have everything on their phone. Some people I have to sit down with a, pen and a piece of paper and say, look, we are going to write this down for the entire month. Here's your calendar. And they have this big desk calendar that they want to plan everything on. Fine. Perfect. That's what we can do. Some people, and they're the crazy people, want me to sit down with them and they have folders and with the little um, dry erase 
sheets inside that has the meal plan for the entire month and based on what they're doing that month, that's me. I've got that. Wow. Yeah. They're even planning around their activities that they're doing too. That's super interesting. I've never really thought to do that. Well, like I suppose if I was running a marathon, I'd want to eat more. Yeah. (laughs) I guess you probably would. Um, so, well, but like we do this, we'll, we'll be like, okay, let's get the thing of lettuce. We'll go to Costco. We love Costco. We keep saying that. Um, uh, the thing of lettuce, the peppers, the bag of Brussels sprouts, the giant bag of broccoli and everything. And then we get home and we always do that on Sunday and we get home. And then Sunday evening, we're, we're talking about the week and I'm like, well, I leave tomorrow. I won't, I'll be gone traveling for work the whole week. And I'm and like, like, how am I going to eat all these Brussels sprouts? And then, and then like five days later, there's a bunch of rotten produce yeah. in my fridge. And I think that's how a lot of people set themselves up for failure and then get frustrated because you can't plan a lasagna on baseball night. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. You, it's got to be a crock pot meal or something easy. Yeah, it does. It just does take a lot of thought. And um, I was looking at some of your things on your website and you are real, you are really into planning ahead of time and not necessarily people that are super obese and they need to drop a bunch of weight, but just like the people who want to be proactive and yeah. want to get healthy or get ahead of the game. Yeah. Those are most of your clients. What, what's so, what's um cool about the, uh, uh, people that are just trying to, okay, I will definitely delete that because I wow. sound like an idiot. Um, <laughs> All right, take a pause, take a breath. Try again, use fewer words. What's important about being proactive in your health? So a big part of that, that actually came from my family too. Uh, my family dies early because of their health habits. They're, they're awful. Um, my grandpa died in the, his, he had a heart attack in his mid forties. Uh, my grandma had lung cancer and brain cancer and she passed away a couple of years ago. She was 60, mid sixties. So we are very, if we don't take care of this, it's just going to bite us. Um, that's a lot of people. Sounds like you've got your why pretty solid. Oh, yes. Because you see it and you see it. And I think especially more now, we're really starting to see it um, in our older family members. And we'll watch them and see this just horrible experience they have when they're older and look at them and say, I don't want that. And you really have to think about, do I want to put this on my kids? Do I want to put this on my spouse? Do I want to put this on myself? And that's what a lot of people that come to me seem to be thinking. They're starting to see these health issues and think, so most people don't change something for themselves. It's just not going to happen. They're going to look at it and see their seven-year-old and say, I, I don't want my seven-year-old to have to take care of me when they're 20. They, that shouldn't be on them. Yeah. That is a big thing for people is to get ahead of the game there and see, oh, I've got to bring it back because I can't do this to my health and my body. Yeah, I'm curious what, like, I feel like the problem that I have a lot of times is we'll say, we're going to eat fill in the blank, paleo, whole 30, whatever it is, um, whatever kind of cookbook looks cool and we're going to, you know, get after. And for about like three days, we're super strict about it. We got the ghee, we're making our own mayonnaise, we're like, you know, doing the whole thing. 
That's for whole 30. You have to make your own mayonnaise, whatever. It doesn't matter. And um, so <laughs> I don't, I, oh, I don't want to know how the sausage is made or, or the mayonnaise. <laughs> um, and then you get like a couple of days later, you're like, well, I could just have a little bit of cheese. It's no big deal. And then a few days later, you're like, well, I, you know, I want some crackers to go in my soup. And then, and then, and then it just degrades. Up. So um, what would you suggest for those people who have good intentions and they have that freezer full of, you know, produce, but it just kind of takes a quick turn down a not good place? with those people and those are the people I normally end up with is the people who want to go really gung-ho and say, Oh, I'm going to clean out my fridge and my freezer and my pantry, clean out all of the bad stuff. I got to stop them. Wait a second. How much bad stuff was in your fridge to start out with? Um, I, I was actually talking about this with a client at one point. She said, you, you used to open my fridge and you see all this crap that I needed to clean out and I didn't want it there anymore. Cause it's like your new year's resolution thing. You want to clean everything out. And now she looks at her fridge or her freezer and sees that pint of ice cream and looks at it. Cause it looks so out of place. That's where I want y'all to get to. Wow. Yeah. That, that looks weird. We're sitting right there. It's a complete and total mind change. It's not just this, Oh, I'm going to overhaul right now. It's I'm going to slowly get there and clean everything out so that by the time I'm done and the produce is in the fridge and everything is set, my pantry looks fantastic and pretty much empty because we don't put a whole lot in the pantry because most of that is just junk. By the time you're there, you've already completely overhauled everything. It just takes a little longer. Wow. So it's like, it's, it's almost like you don't want the uh, new year's resolution. Like, okay. We're just going to throw everything out. And because I feel like when you get to that place where you want to throw everything out in your whole house, it's like you're so, you have to replace it with something Mm -hmm. and you have like no knowledge or like a total dummy. And you're like, what do I put back in the fridge if I don't put cheese whiz in there? I love cheese whiz. What's the nutritional version of cheese whiz? Oh, what is it? Hummus? That question does not compute. <laughs> Hummus? Oh, good. Yeah, that is a good. That is a good idea. Okay, so you also are very into bringing community, bringing friends, bringing family in on your journey with you. Tell us a little bit about that. That's almost a required thing when people start out with me. And um, you have to have some kind of uh, help somewhere. Cause again, you don't normally do something like this for yourself. You don't be healthy for yourself because people will get to a point where what's the point? Why am I bothering? Maybe I feel okay, but why am I actually doing this? And, um, having somebody as accountability, especially those first couple of weeks where you're looking at your fridge and depressed because it's empty or there's apples in there or there's kale and not whatever you wanted in there. Um, right then you've got to have somebody who's going to back you and be like, Oh, that's okay. We can make this instead. Not a big deal. Cause at one point each of you is going to fall. Just don't fall at the same time. Yeah. That's, that's a serious issue for us. Falling at the same time. Well, it's just, I, I don't, I honestly don't know which one of us is, is more likely to just kind of start the slide. Mm-hmm. Um, in some ways it, I can easily go, Oh, it's Danielle. Cause she doesn't. <laughs> Because you like to blame me for stuff. Bite me. Um, 
but, but as soon as it, it's interesting, as soon as it just like laundry, like mm-hmm. in our bedroom, if, if I see Danielle throw her shoe, you know, clothes on the floor instead of in the hamper, then I start doing it. Aww. And it's not, it's not a conscious thing. Mm-hmm. It's just, we, we fall to the lowest level of the people around us. So we rise to that level. Yes. And that's very, and with that couples are a very hard one to have together in this type of thing. Um, normally if I've got a couple group, they have to bring somebody else because mm-hmm. somehow couples always fall to the lowest person. But if you have somebody else out there, like your mom or whoever, you're going to try to beat them. Couples, for some reason, don't try to beat each other out as much as you would think they do. They fall to the lowest person because it's it's an excuse. But if you got somebody else in the house that's doing better than you, it's all over. It's absolutely true because we get super competitive about a lot of things. But like a couple of years ago, when you, Allie, you, when you and I were working together and I dropped like 40 pounds, Danielle was just no interest like she was spite eating. <laughs> yeah. I will eat this whole bag of Cheetos in front, right of, you in front of you while you eat broccoli. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it wasn't like I released weight and you picked it up. It was just you were just having none of it. Like none of it. Yeah. Well, I, th- I feel like there's a lot. Um, you have to own your own journey. And it's like... I felt like you had the big why and you were on fire and you like, you just have to own your own self because I feel like you get in places where you're like codependent, where it's like, well, if they're not going to do this special diet, I'm not going to do it either. Are you saying me specifically being codependent? No, no, I'm saying one. What's that look? People. What's that look? People. Uh I don't know. Why are you making air quotes? <laughs> we'll be right back to our conversation with Allie Winkleman in just a moment, but we wanted to take a quick break to tell you about a special opportunity we don't want you to miss. So if you're married and find yourself feeling more isolated and alone, then join some other cool couples in learning the communication skills to have the conversations that'll draw you closer together. If you keep dividing and conquering your way through life, you'll continue to drift toward isolation and away from each other. So what most couples do is just caffeine up, press forward, and just simply hope for the best. Don't do that. No, imagine having more fun and laughter together and having conflicts that only draw you closer together. It's possible. Join us each Thursday night on Facebook at 8 p.m. Central Time on the Legendary Marriage Facebook page. We're hosting the Marriage Masterclass, where each week we guide you in having a crucial conversation that will bring you and your spouse closer together. Even if you only get some time at the end of the day just to connect with other cool couples and talk and laugh about all the craziness that comes along with being married. But you'll also learn how to have conversations about the things that really matter to both of you. You'll get on the same page about the topics that matter like money and sex and parenting and you'll have a chance to build more intimacy and connection in your relationship. So don't let the natural drift of isolation leave you feeling alone in your marriage. Join us on Thursday night, 8 p.m. Central, for the Marriage Masterclass on our Legendary Marriage Facebook page. And now back to part two of our conversation with Allie Winkleman. What would you say to someone who knows they need to jumpstart their health, 
Um, but they're just really reluctant. They're making a lot of excuses or they're um, scared for whatever okay, reason. Let's be honest here. It's us. It's us. <laughs> it's us. Because we're recording Somebody. this. We're recording this well into 2018. And back in like October, we had a conversation and talked about like, we need to get on track health and fitness wise. And we are on the track, but we're just kind of rolling around in one spot on the track. You've got a lot of track analogies here, honey. <laughs> I am the king of metaphors. So what would you say to a theoretical person who is making a lot of excuses about jump-starting their health journey? Oh, God. So you end up being, so I end up being almost the salesperson at that point, but there's only so far I can take it. So at some point mm-hmm. I have to throw it back at the person because I, and oftentimes I have, um, I have, we've gone through all the questionnaires and all the things, and we've kind of uncovered why you're giving me all these excuses. And we go through the pillars of health and all of this stuff go through, Oh, you know, I'm really not doing this because this barrier. Um, and then I, I got to throw it back and say, look, there's only so much I can do. If I'm the one that's pushing you the whole time, there's going to be a point that you're just going to stop coming to me. There's going to be a point that you don't answer my calls and there's no point for you anymore. I can't push you the whole way. You got to come back to me when you are ready to start. And most of the time people get really, really mad at me. We're not friends for a little while. And then two weeks later, I get a call back with, you know, you were probably right. <laughs> and then we go from there. But it's most of the time I have to have people come to me because generally if they're calling me, they're calling me for a reason. Yeah. I got to figure out what that reason is. Yeah. And they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You really have to understand okay, so, why. So uh, let's get, let's get really, really clear here. I am a sugar addict and I'm not, <laughs> I'm not using the word making light of it. No. I, I'm I'm not. I like straight up. I am a sugar addict. Yeah, I think you're chemically dependent on it for real. Um, and and, and I am uh, for a couple reasons. One, because it's just it's an addictive thing, mm-hmm. and two, I'm an emotional eater. So stress, anxiety, depression, frustration, anger, joy, <laughs> happiness. <laughs> It's all boredom, whatever the emotion is. I, I I just, I have this pattern of, of going to food. Boredom is a big one. Boredom's probably the biggest one that I see. Yeah. So, so like, how do we, how do we get through this? That's such a vicious. I want to take this hill. So honestly, most of the time you have to start with something else. So why, why are you bored? Um, it was normally what we start with. Why are you bored? Why, why is this emotion coming up that has you eating? Because normally it's a, it's a decently strong emotion. Why is it there in the first place? Why are we dealing with this with food? Because normally food's not the issue. It, the food is just there. Um, we eat crappy because most of the time we'll see either I'm bored or I, I feel bad. My life is just in a rut and I'm struggling and I'm an emotional eater and food is there. Yeah why, why, why are you feeling in a rut? And normally it's not even figuring out the why to start with, because that's such a horribly big question. And if you knew why, and if you knew how to get out of the rut, then you wouldn't be talking to me in the first place. 
wouldn't be that wouldn't be an issue. So a lot of times you got to start with something something else. Okay, you're bored. We got to find something to cut the boredom, uh, and that could be as easy as pick up a kickboxing class. Pick up a kickboxing class for a week, and that cycle. So the first one's a vicious cycle too. You're eating because you're bored. You're bored because you're blah 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 back and forth. It's just yeah. difficult. If you add something else to that mix, that kind of pushes you in the right direction. Um, my, for example, my ridiculous push in the right direction is always my dog in the springtime because he will get me outside to the farmer's market or to uh, the dog park, whatever. Pretty much every day, we'll go for a hike and we'll do something. I'm outside, I pack my lunch, we go for a walk, we go for a hike. I'm obviously gonna eat better because I'm feeling great, I'm outside. I wanted to pack my lunch in the first place. Let's just um, go for a walk and go nuts. And that's what gets it started. Yeah. And then you have to go from there. So if something um, comes up later, um, that gets you bored again, you kind of have an out. Oh, I'm bored. I'm going to go for a walk with my dog instead of just being stuck with the food. Yeah. So, so, so we're having this conversation. You're coaching me here. How do you know when it's a point where, um, it, or is there a point where you, you think to yourself, okay, this dude's just friggin' crazy and I need to get him in touch with a counselor because there's something, you know, there, there's something, uh, a hurt, a wound, a hang up, something that's deeper than coaching can go. Is, is that a, a place for you? Yes. Like, how do you deal with that? I actually have a, um, a counselor that I recommend. <laughs> we are in very close contact uh, because I do send people to her a lot. Um, it, like I said, when people come to me, it's not normally an issue with food. And we're trying to figure out what it is. If that can be fixed by me, awesome. Um, and a lot of times just support is the big step. And you kind of adjust things yourself and really start to work things through by yourself. But if that's not if that's not doable, if it's been months and months and you're still in the same place and you're not feeling great and something is really going on, that's when I send, um, send you on and say, look, it, this is outside of my range. I would love to keep working with you, but I'd also like you to see this person. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I feel- I'll get that number from you later. <laughs> um, I, Ali's, what you spoke was so true about like springtime and walking your dog and whatever, because I feel like whenever I, I usually, when I start my health journey, it's usually like the workout piece comes first. Yeah. And then I'm hoping that the nutritional eating comes with it. <laughs> like you said, you're, you feel so horrible if you eat badly and then go work out. You just feel like a blob. Yeah. And then it's like, well, what am I just going to ruin all this, you know, hours worth of work that I'm doing? I feel like that is, that's how I work. That's usually how I work is I get the, I get the workout going. And then after that, it's, you know, uh, do I really want to eat the bag of Cheetos? Uh, probably not. Your options a lot more. Yeah. I like that. Just being in more, it's like, it's almost like it sheds a light on what exactly you're doing. And so you have to, you force yourself to be a bit more intentional. Um, you're very mindful with everything else. When, when you find whatever the start of your cycle is, mine is exercising. A lot of people are exercising, um, but you end up with the motivation to go, Oh, I'm going to eat this. Cause I mean, I've already started working out, so I'm, I'm going to go make my kale salad and, have my organic free range chicken. 
Yeah, organic free-range chicken. <laughs> I don't think I've ever made organic free-range chicken, honey. Have I don't I? know. I don't know. Highly recommend. I feel like I'm the opposite. Like, especially in that season that you and I work together, mm-hmm. I put nutrition first and got a huge jump. Um, and then had to, and then at, tried to add in the the exercise part, yeah, and it worked really well for me. Maybe that's why couples don't work well together because we're opposite. Yeah, is this is this a guy girl thing? Is this a sometimes some people I've seen it both ways because uh, my husband's the same way he or he's the same way I am. He's got to exercise first and everything falls and it's bizarre how everything falls into place. Uh, he will start being super organized and laundry will start getting done and he'll start eating better. I'll start seeing yeah. come in that I've never seen from him before. And it's just chaos, which kind of worked well. Cause I'm the same way. If I start exercising, it'll just go out, but I can also start with the food and then work my way back. I love that, how it's an overflow kind of yeah. a thing. Like once you start getting healthy, you notice the chores are getting done. And... Time after time, uh, like with, with every interview we've been doing in this series and, and just in the conversations we've had, health and fitness is a linchpin for mm-hmm. all of life. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. So um, this is just kind of one of those things. We're kind of wrapping up here. So for those people that do have a pantry full of crap and a freezer full of nuggets and frozen burritos and, you know, everything else, um, mm, I get get some dino nuggets in my fridge, but I have little kids. Um, But what are some healthy meals and snacks that you might suggest to people to start like substituting out some of the gross stuff that they have for something healthy. Like, cause I, I like your point about, it's like, it can't be a drastic overhaul all in one fell swoop because it's just not realistic to maintain that. I like how it's just, you said it's a journey. You take a step and you take a step. So what's a good first step for people to start replacing their crap with good stuff? A lot of times, um, and I love using my husband as an example, hates vegetables, absolutely hates them. Most of the time I pretend like I'm feeding a child. (laughs) I will substitute things in his food. Um, uh, Zucchini lasagna is my favorite. Use little strips of zucchini instead of the noodles or zoodles will work well. Just easy little replacements that they kind of notice, but it's not that big of a deal. And then you just keep going and somehow one day kale ends up in their lunch and they don't know how it happened. Little baby steps. You're not doing this drastic overhaul of emptying, but maybe you could stick some lettuce under those dino nuggets and see if it gets eaten. Mm, I like it. I like it. You are so sneaky. <laughs> I, didn't, I did not know this about you. Like, you could be a spy. Oh, honey. I could. My seven-month-old yelled at me the other day because I took his peas. That's where we have ended up. Uh, Allie's like toppling governments with with a side of lettuce under some nuggets. Oh my gosh! So how do you feed? How do you feed your little one? I know he's so he's seven months, just about to the age where you're starting to eat solid food and all that. Is uh, is the plan to you know make him eat kale salads in the future or? How you, or dino nuggets. Where are we going with this kid? He's been eating food for a long time. He, he started at four months because he's a big chunky man. 
uh, that boy was 10 pounds, seven ounces when he was born. So he, he needed sustenance. Oh my goodness. <laughs> he needed food early and he would, he'd get really mad at me when I didn't feed him the food off my plate. So he's been having food for quite a while. And we started with, he only had vegetables to start out with. He might've had a little bit of banana, um, to kind of soften it up, but he started, peas are his favorite. Um, that's what he started on. Um, and we've gone through everything. He has chickpeas and butternut squash. Um, mm. He has meat. I, I bought my seven-month-old a sirloin steak and blended it. I don't know what I was thinking. Okay. Okay. We're, we're going to have to erase that from the... Yeah. That's, that's just right. painful talking about I liquefying love, a steak. <laughs> yeah. I love uh, changing the subject. I love peas, but they're so hard to eat. <laughs> I want a mouthful of them. I don't want like three peas on my fork. Yeah, you can spoon. I, you can't get that many in a spoon either. Shove it in some mashed potatoes or something, or mashed cauliflower or just, something. You know yeah, what? You just put them in a cup. That way, I can just go and drink them. Goodness gracious! I don't really like. But there's got to be a better going. process because, like, I, I'm not the only one here. Both the girls just attack it like a wolverine on a rotting corpse alongside the road and they just end up on the floor (laughs) yeah it's just everywhere there's like mashed peas all over their faces and i'm not sure any of it gets anyway straw and yeah oh get a big fat smoothie straw i like it oh i do like that too all right so um last choking on peas All right. So last word for, um, for our listeners here, those of you that those people that are, you know, reaching the end of January here and they're falling off of their goals, their weight loss goals, their nutrition goals. What word of encouragement do you have for them? Go figure out why you are falling off the wagon, Go figure out why you wanted to do it in the first place. And then go try again, because there's a good chance. There's no reason to start something new on January 1st. That's silly. We pick this arbitrary day that, oh, we're going to go start and go gung-ho on all of this. And then by January 3rd, we're done. It's okay to start things on February 2nd. Just go figure out why you're doing it. Because you can absolutely do anything on any day of the year. There's no reason to start next year on January 1st. We got to wait a whole year to start it again. Well, screw it. I'm going to wait till next year. <laughs> there, there is an element of that though. It happens on a daily basis for me. Like, oh, I forgot I'm hungry and I'm driving home from San Antonio yesterday. And I'm like, uh, I'm just going to pull into Chick-fil-A and get a little something. Well, something, something. I'll start over tomorrow. I'll start over tomorrow. I'll start over next week. I'll wait till Monday. But honey, you do actually have to start over on Monday. Like you can't just say it. But by lunchtime, I'm I'm hosed. You are. But it's almost saying, look, I failed. And that's not going to work either. By stopping at Chick-fil-A, you just said, look, I'm done. It's okay to stop at Chick-fil-A sometimes. That's, That's okay. No big deal. One thing that's not on your perfect program or whatever, it doesn't mean you've derailed, you failed. It's the end of the game. Um, just keep, you know, just keep at it. So I love it. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. You. Allie, thanks for being on the podcast with us today. Really enjoyed having you. Yeah. So I just want to like stop for a second and go, if you're in that place of trying to figure it out, like Allie was just talking about, just call her. 
just, just like go hit her up on her website and reach out. I, cause uh, honestly, I got to tell you, uh, the journey we went on together for those, those months was really transformative for me. Uh, I, I, I've, I got dragons to slay still. I really do. But it, it changed the nature of my relationship with food. And I forget a lot of that sometimes <laughs> if I'm honest. Uh, and like earlier, I said, I'm a sugar addict. It, it, it's like, you don't stop being that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a really, really powerful transformational experience working with you. And uh, I want to do it again. And I want anybody out there who's feeling that, that tug to uh, reach out to you and, and give it a shot. And Allie, what's your, um, your website? Tell us your website. My website is endurancewellnesscoaching.com. Um, you can schedule appointments on there. They're all online. Um, you can also reach me through the Endurance Wellness Coaching Facebook page. All right. Well, thanks for being on the show today, Allie Winkleman. Thank y'all so much. Yeah, so many times we just do the thing that feels really easy in the moment, but it ends up shooting us in the foot down the road. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's how many times it's like, oh, I'm just going to grab that bag of Cheetos. I know I talk about Cheetos in this show all the time, but I really do like Cheetos. <laughs> and it really is easy to grab a bag of Cheetos. But seriously, um, when I am 50, 60, 70, I don't want to be having Cheeto gut. No, I don't want you to have Cheeto gut either. I don't, is that the technical turn for it? I don't know, but uh, it certainly paints a picture. I don't know. But um, so here's the challenge this week. Have a conversation with your spouse and confess where you're settling for the easy now, but it might be killing you in the long run. Then come join the conversation over on Facebook in our free community. It's a private group for men and women to support and encourage each other and inspire and share Stories about transforming their marriages from ordinary to legendary. Yeah, search for Legendary Marriage Group or visit legendarymarriage.com slash community. And in next week, we are going to introduce you to an amazing couple named Trey and Melody who have been married, divorced, and married again. They are the genius behind the Undone Redone podcast where they help individuals address the deep root issues that drive negative behavior like porn addiction. Here's a sneak peek in our conversation with Trey and Melody Lovern. You know, if, if people are thinking, oh, she must be so godly that she took her husband back. No, I prayed many nights that God would like, you know, run him over with a truck or that he would catch some (laughs) disease. And like, cause I kept thinking if he's gone, if he's eliminated, I don't have to hurt like this anymore. You are not going to want to miss this episode. They are raw and honest about their story, including porn addiction, divorce, and reconciliation. Y'all are not even going to believe the ups and downs of their story. So tune in next week. You can find this episode and the show notes over at legendarymarriage.com slash 061. Don't forget to jump on iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review the show so we know how we're doing and other couples can find us. Have a great week. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Legendary Marriage Podcast. We're thrilled to have you with us on the adventure. This is Danielle and Justin reminding you, don't settle for an ordinary marriage. Make yours legendary. Legendary.